On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we throw out a whole bunch of hypotheticals, including who's in the stadium, who's in the field, and who's making this team. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. And with that, let's go pack. Jones. Look at that balance. Aaron Jones. See ya. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the official first episode of season two of the Pack It Up Packers podcast. I am Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Choo-choo-choo! How we doing? So excited to be back. So a little intro. Uh, we are three Packerholics, all Midwest Wisconsin boys that are now in separate states. So started this podcast to kind of just have some time to talk about the Packers a couple times a week. Dan is our local tech guy up in Raleigh, North Carolina. We got Josh, our country music superstar, hanging out in Nashville, Tennessee. Myself, Ryan, just hanging out in good old COVID Central Tampa, Florida. Uh, and just happy to have everybody on. The first season was awesome. We look forward to hopefully having a season, but making this season two of the podcast even better. So with that, let's jump right into it. It's, it's kind of the conversation as MLB is struggling with trying to contain the virus on the field. Packers came out about a week ago and talked about a plan in which they would allow between ten to 12,000 people into the stadium, obviously far less capacity. What are our thoughts about the possibility of Lambeau and all NFL stadiums being at minimum capacity this year? My first question is, how much are the tickets? Oof. <laughs> right? I mean, you're not going to find a game for less than three, four hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I let, let's just say if I was one that could go to these games and was one of the season ticket holders that gets the luxury, um, I would, I would enjoy it. I mean, I, I think it'd be an awesome experience wait, to be wait, one wait, of the wait, few wait. in the, the stadium. Things. You would go to the game. Would you enjoy it? Oh, yeah, I totally enjoy it. It's still NFL football no matter what. So you're in the upper deck and you still got to be socially distanced from everybody. So you're not even hearing the players talk necessarily. Yeah, it's still football. It's still football no matter what. I'll, I would I would still love it. It, it would yeah. be weird. It's it's weird just watching, you know, the sports games that are on now with no fans in there. It's very anticlimactic. It uh, doesn't doesn't pack the energy that it normally does. Um, but if you're there live, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I can't wait for a game-winning shot in the NBA playoffs coming up, and there's just no fan reaction. It's going to be weird. I'm, I'm on the flip side. I understand the novelty of being in the stadium during this upcoming season, assuming it happens, and, and being able to tell that story of what it was like. It'll make for great bar conversation. But when I really get down to it, I don't think I want to be there. Like I, I, I guess I would just rather watch on TV, have some announcers, have some piped-in fan noise. I love the the aspect of being in Lambeau at any time of the year. I get that, 
But all that hassle to be wearing a mask for four hours during a football game when you can't even high five the guy next to you, to me, like being in the stands is being packed like a can of sardines with 80,000 people all rooting for the same team and that camaraderie that's built up. And it, w- it I don't think it would be there. So it, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe the first couple of weeks you hear awesome fan stories and then the hype builds and everyone wants to go. And then the tickets are thousands of dollars. But for the time being, I think I'd rather just stay at home and watch it. Yeah, I think as a football fan, I mean, crowds are the best. And I think it definitely affects college football more than NFL because there's going to be some awesome Saturday night games that just aren't quite what they should be, especially when we're looking at upsets. As a Packer fan, though, I actually don't mind this. And here's why. And this is kind of going outside the box thinking on this. Let's just assume for sure the first two months of the season. So through the first week of November is minimal fans, if any. The Packers schedule includes a trip on week one to the Vikings, which is usually a struggle. Week three to the Saints. Uh, to the Buccaneers, which isn't really that special, at Houston, which can be tricky, and then at the San Francisco 49ers. So if there is any schedule and there's any team that could benefit from just not having to deal with that adrenaline rush of a home team, it might be the Packers this year who have four super solid road games in some of the toughest buildings, especially when you have a rival like Minnesota and then New Orleans as well going to be well below kind of that excitement level that I don't think Lambo. I think it's, it's just this awesome stadium. I love going there. It, it just has all this history and tradition, but to me, it doesn't have the crowd affecting the game as much as other places that I think it actually might be a benefit. If you're looking at this as purely a, I want the Packers to win standpoint. That's an interesting take. I thought you were going to go down the path of, players that play football for the love of the game versus players that are in it for the marketing deals and you know the fame aspect of it because it's going to be hard for them to get up quote unquote for the game when there's no fans watching them in person they're going to know there's cameras there still but i wonder if that sort of fades as you're playing what what feels like a scrimmage i would Take your Packers take, though. I mean, good job looking at the schedule and looking ahead. Does that mean the Seahawks are going 0-16 this year? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I mean, it would be a great year to play in Seattle because their biggest advantage is that stadium is built to pipe the noise in. And Kansas City, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. Well, now neither one of them have a noise advantage. That's huge. Yeah, it's definitely something that's that's interesting, and we'll see how it plays out. I'm sure that the the NFL is going to set some uh, restrictions on volume and everything like that. We could probably ask the Falcons what their levels are and what the max is possible, but get it tuned in. Yeah, it's really interesting, and kind of the second part of this is they've already declared that preseason is no longer going to be happening, which I hate preseason. Uh, mostly the length of it in terms of four games, but how does it change if it's zero games? Josh, I'm gonna let you start. <laughs> You're gonna let me start. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, 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 we'll just talk about, you know, if it's zero preseason games. First off, the past few seasons, you know, we've been seeing more and more injuries, people getting hurt in preseason, or not even playing in preseason because they don't want to get hurt so we've sort of already been prepped 
for a no preseason sort of. So I'm not going to miss it in all by all means, but um, I definitely think it'll affect players and how they are ready timing wise. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of overthrows, a lot of underthrows. I think you're going to see people not timing the snap as well on defense, um, a lot of false starts. Um, I think you're going to see, you know, people just not ready to play a game. Um, and, and that's what I'm sort of worried about because the first four games are just going to feel like a warm up, and you're just going to hope that, you know, may, let's escape this one. Let's get away with it. You think it would take us four games? I don't feel like with the veterans we have, it would take four games to get rolling. I, I would admit there's going to be sloppy football. To that, that's, my, that's my second point. That's my second point. Okay. <laughs> I would. I, what about you, Ryan? I would almost say advantage Packers because you know our last episode was post draft and we were talking about everyone's uh, you know feedback from the draft being down in the toilet. Well, I don't know if rookies make any impact those first four weeks specifically. How do you how do you trust AJ Dillon to go out and pick up a blitz pickup in pass coverage uh, if he's never seen a blitz scheme from that other defense? Right, he's only seen the Packers blitz schemes. I expect no rookie to get playing time, at least in their first game. How do you trust any of them? Yeah, I think that's a great point is if you're going to look at any draft class, there's there's really nothing uh, to see. I mean, Jordan Love, I guess I I was really interested to see how he'd play. But knock on wood, I hope that that doesn't matter. I think Dylan's the kind of runner that he's just such a downhill straightaway guy that that won't matter. Uh, and then our third pick is a tight end that I'm not quite sure how we use anyway. So ironically, the Guara might be the guy that would get the most reps in week one in this circumstance. <laughs> sadly, sadly. And so it's one of those things that we talked about it last preseason. Uh, you know, Aaron has made it very, very well known that he does not like preseason and he doesn't think that he needs it. So, uh, I mean, the defense, uh, I think is just fine. We for sure 100% won't have a game in Canada, which I'm completely happy with. So I I think actually at an, in a lot of circumstances, the Packers will benefit more than other teams of not necessarily benefit, but won't be harmed as much by no preseason. This, this Hearing this now makes me think that the Packers knew that there's going to be no preseason at the beginning like before the draft also. So that's, that's why, why they drafted draft. like yeah. shit. Um, yeah, that's why we drafted. Oh, stop. But we have to throw out the obligatory, you know, you feel bad for the street free agent that would normally get to spend training camp mm-hmm. with any team across the league. Like dreams would be fulfilled for any of us to just be invited to training camp, even if you know you're not making the team. But on the flip side of that, I found it quite humorous that uh, let's just make note. The official rules are that you're going to see headlines around the roster for training camp has to be 80 players. The Packers are actually going in. It starts tomorrow from what I understand uh, with at least rookies reporting. The Packers are going in with a roster of 88. They only have to be down to 80 by August 16th, or they can actually keep their roster at 90 as long as they do a split squad practice format. Uh, But what I found interested in the collective bargaining agreement that was just agreed upon was the general manager's, we're all going under the assumption that the rosters would be reduced to 80 because of COVID for this season. And none of them seem to put up a fight. Do they always know going into training camp that the bottom 10 aren't making it? It seems like something I thought the rosters would be expanded for the general managers to say, sure, shrink them. But we won't argue that. I was surprised by that. The, the veterans get plenty of reps no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. So the, the young guys are going to get plenty of reps, but I still don't see them being thrown in 
week one because week one matters. I, I would have loved to see one preseason game just to get these guys thrown out there and then they can contribute when it matters. But um, we got a lot of returning players, and I think we're going to rely heavily on them early in the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with what's going on in MLB, I wouldn't be surprised if as they see these other sports kind of take over for the next month, if they don't say, you know what, we are going to have quite an expanded practice roster that they have their separate location, that it's actually quite a number of players that ended up being like, uh, you know, training at a, a local college uh, instead of with the Packers. But regardless, it'll be interesting. And with that, let's just go into just a whole bunch of hypotheticals. It's going to be really tough for the foreseeable future to talk about who makes a team, who doesn't, all that kind of stuff, because we're going to be relying heavily on practice. Yeah. So let's start off with this one that was thrown out on Twitter uh, late last week by Matt Schneidman, who said, if you could bring back a Packer, would you bring back Mike Daniels, Clay Matthews, or Tremont Williams? Ooh. Mike Daniels, Clay Matthews, Tremont Williams. I I would I, I'd bring back Mike Daniels. I uh we need oh. some help on the interior line. Uh, <laughs> you were so torn I on think that one he, too. I, I almost I almost said I almost said someone else's name just now, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think Mike Daniels would help us most right now. Yeah, I'm the same. I I love the question. I thought we were all going to be different. Um, I don't. I think Clay is the one that's easiest to eliminate. Our, our outside linebackers are fine. It, I don't see Clay playing inside linebacker as he ages. Um, so Mike Daniels replaces Tyler Lancaster day one. Let him be a backup like he should be. Hopefully Mike Daniels still has some left in the tank. Uh, that would be the pickup I'd want. I love Tremont, but I'm okay letting the new guys get some reps this year. Yeah, I only picked Tremont just because we've we've had some games where the secondary just looks lost, and I love his leadership back there. And I can't help but think that all these guys, regardless of what position they are in the secondary, whether it's Jair, whether it's Savage, they can benefit just by how Williams thinks about the game. Uh, But Mike Daniels, if he is in any kind of shape, pissed off about being mistreated, just to have a big old body in that center next to Clark would be absolutely amazing. But Come I'll say Tremont. That hurt you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tremont would be great because he can play so many positions, too. One injury yeah. goes down. You know you can just call his number and he's in there. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's probably – he's is he the oldest Packer right now? He's got to be, right? Oh, yeah. Just the fact that you can he's have that guy. I think he might be a year. But regardless, to know that even at his age, you feel comfortable him coming in if you needed him. I, I And I can't imagine his contract would be substantial whatsoever. So yeah, it'd be interesting. So I, I got to I'll do the intro, Ryan. I'll, I'll do the, the transition for you because we're because we are saving a lot of our roster analytics for uh, later in the preseason because we're not going to have games, so we're just going to pump some podcasts at you, and we're all going to get hyped that way. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw also we, – we steal all of our content from social media, so I saw someone do a segment that was called If Blank Happens, Then Blank. So I'll start. I want to throw out – I got two hypothetical scenarios, and I'm just going to say if the scenario happens, and then you guys can answer what you think – that means for our Packers. So my first one is 
if y'all have forgotten, uh, we signed Devin Funches way before, you know, it feels like 2017 we signed him with the way time's going this year. But if Devin Funches enters week one as our number two receiver, then? Then the Packers are so freaking lucky that he got injured last preseason because this is Lazard's to lose. And if we can somehow pick up a guy with the most cap-friendly contract and he becomes old Funchess, oh, boy, are we lucky. We're lucky that we dodged a bullet from the draft and free agency to pick him up. That, that's, that's a good one. I, I Blessed. Blessed if, yes. he, if, if he's our second wide receiver. Thank you. I mean, you guys passed the test. Yeah. That's what, all, all the press you're seeing on this is like old, washed up. You know, if you can get anything out of him, good for you. I'm like, what if he just comes in as our number two and then our three gets to be a rotation of all these guys we don't quite trust yet? That would be such a great scenario. So on a cap-friendly contract, I still like that signing. And it, the guy's got potential to be your number two. All right, so and my second but, one. But here's the thing. But here's the thing is with as as uncertain as even fourth and five receiver, I don't as long as he does anything contributing, it's a win. It's a win. Just just get like six hundred yards on a year and it's a win. I mean, come on, oh, it's, it's yeah, better. I'd be good with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So second one is fresh from today. There were headlines uh I think it was Ian Rappaport that sent out the Vikings haven't renewed the contract yet, but are still interested in their defensive lineman, their former defensive lineman, former pro bowler, Everson Griffin. He's also talking to the Green Bay Packers, who have expressed Ooh. mutual interest. If Everson Griffin joins the Green Bay Packers, then we win we- a Super Bowl. Whoa, I was going to say top five defense, which might be a Super Bowl, knowing our hit track record. That front Pressuring the QB would be unbelievable. It'd be Niners esque, I would think. Yeah, and it would stuff the run. I mean, Everson Griffin right next with Clark. I mean, yeah. Go across that. Go across that front four on a normal pass rush scenario, right? Smith, Gary, Griffin, Smith. Yeah, he he should sign a very friendly contract, right? Gary's on a five-man pass rush, I guess. Then. And you got Clark and Griffin up the middle who can actually pass rush as big boys. And oh, and then you have Kirksey, which hopefully can get through the first layer. That yeah. that you're talking about five and a half dudes that would legitimately have a chance to be about four feet in the backfield. Yeah. Every Not, single play. I don't know if we have money to pay him, but pay the man. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you want to go do yours? It's kind of a, a bummer. I had one of mine as the Packers have a top five defense if. We, Everson Griffin. If, assuming, that, <laughs> assuming, assuming you can't sign Griffin, assuming that. Uh, we hold offenses under 200 yards average rush. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, I'd say the if, uh, my response is uh, – we shore up our D line with outside help and our middle linebackers play above expectations. And I'm going to lump in Raven green into that middle linebacker category. A guy mm. we forgot about until our text conversation this morning. Uh, excited to see what he can do when healthy. Uh, if he can be our essentially, you know, second middle linebacker in past scenarios or our nickel middle linebacker and Kirks, he plays well. Uh, we could be top five. I'd, I still think we you know, need some outside I, help on D-line. 
I'm I'm interested in a lot of our backup secondary. Chandon Sullivan, Raven Green, even Kadar Holman. I'm 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 interested to see how they are. Uh, you know, second year really into it. That's why I don't mind Tremont has not been signed yet. Is let these guys get the reps early, and if they're not showing it in camp, the coaches should know, and yeah. you can bring Tremont back. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I love the idea of if Savage and Jair have a absolutely breakout season because the amount of times that those guys should have had an interception or a, a, even a simple pass deflection, there was even a few missed tackles that were just like, oof. If this secondary catches 80% of the balls that they should, man, this it could be or, a turnover machine assuming that the front keeps doing what they need to do. Or you know who's on a contract here. Well, yes, that's true. Guys always, yeah. guys always ball out on contract years, and we're talking Kevin King. Ooh, Clark, too. Uh, Clark's going to get paid no matter what. Kevin yeah, King is trying to earn know. $10 million. Kenny Clark's getting paid top dollar Oof. no matter what happens this year. Kevin King is trying to get himself paid. All right. Well, here, here's one of mine. It's it's pretty self-explanatory, but if Rodgers is out week three for the year, then. Oh, I throw up and cry every night. <laughs> and that's all for today's episode, folks. <laughs> oh, if he's out week three through the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, then we're, you know, six and ten. I mean, we're, we're like most NFL teams. If your starting quarterback goes down, you're not making the playoffs. Yeah, it'd be it'd be a lot, especially. And I know you can't really judge teams on paper, especially this year. It's kind of nuts. I, we have a, a schedule that's just it's not friendly, and without him, this this ship sinks awfully fast. Wait, Josh, say your if statement again. If Rodgers is out week three for the year, then 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 we can use a high first round draft pick on a wide receiver for Jordan Love. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be something <laughs> there you go <laughs> my last one is aaron jones is a pro bowler if they just give it's a trick game. question because he's loaded fucking stats and he should have been a pro bowler it's ridiculous <laughs> single-handedly carried the packers for at least six weeks it's an absolute joke this league's a joke if they just give him the ball just give them the ball. I read an article today that had scouts. Uh, they ranked the starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And Rodgers still made tier one. But um, for the first year, the first of the last, or the first time he repeated or something, he didn't get unanimous votes as a tier one quarterback. So they gave anonymous scout statements. And one of the anonymous scout statements was they have no running back and they just have guys at wide receiver. I'm like, they have no running back. He definitely looked past our backfield because we have a running back. And another scout anonymously said he thinks Devontae Adams is not a number one wide receiver. It's like, no, not a number one. The dude's oh, top my. Oh, yeah, my. So interesting statements. Oh, no. But Aaron Jones is overlooked by even you know personnel that are getting paid to coach this game. Just give him the ball and the guy's in a Pro Bowl. That, that's one reason why I'm. I, I might actually pick more wins because of this whole COVID-19 once we get to that point, because I think our offensive line and Aaron Jones and our backfield is ready to go, you know, and I think a running game at the beginning of the year is going to be very important. Yeah. Um, and I think we're set up for that. So I listened, I listened Dylan, to a, 
Dylan, baby, don't forget about that big boy. What if he steals all those goal line touchdowns? Let him roll. I listened to a a fantasy football podcast that did a preview on the NFC North and their Packers thing. They're like, last year they went 13 and three, and they're all like, oh, fake, fake. They're not that good. And then so by the end of the Packer preview, they go, uh, what do you predict this year for number of wins? And they're like, oh, like 10 or 11. I'm like, that's still playoffs, baby. I'm good with that. <laughs> 13 is great, but I'll take playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got Josh, one more? Josh, you got one more? Yeah. Oh, uh, my last one goes along with a lot of the other things you guys were saying, but if Petten can't stop the run and averaging the worst five rushing yards uh, by opponents by week six, what happens? I thought you were going to say week four. He gone. Yeah. This The leash, out of anybody on this team – the leash is shortest for him. Like it's just, it's. Mm. Yeah, I'm if surprised we're you run said that. Him, I'm surprised you said that, Dan. I thought you you really liked him. I do really like Petten, but if we're getting run on consistently early in the season, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know that's your weakness for 12 months, and you don't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, hey, another thing that's going to play an effect. Uh, you know, just sort of in passing, I'll bring this up. It, it's starting to happen already to some other teams, but uh, Laurent Divonet Tardif, I always like to say it that way, the lineman for the Chiefs, who's actually like a, he works as an orderly at a, a nursing f- facility, uh, has already opted out for 2020 and chosen not to play. And then this year, uh, Chance Warmack, who was out of football last year, but came back on a contract with the Seahawks. Uh, opted out of 2020 as well. So two offensive linemen. I don't think it's position specific, but a couple guys are opting out and there's really no penalty. You still get a, a prorated amount of your pay if you do opt out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple guys just choose not to play. Yeah. And I hope I hope as fans, no one takes that as they're not a man, they're not tough enough. That's, that's a very personal decision with everything going on right now. And if they choose not to play, I'm okay with it. Um, but I expect between now and kickoff of week one, um, on top of just normal injuries, we might see a guy or two just choose not to play. Yeah, it's it's the sad reality of whether it's family, whether it's prior conditions. I mean, there's just a whole lot of things that you don't know what people are dealing with and, and how they're dealing with it. So, again, I hope that as long as obviously they're comfortable in their decision, I'm sure this will be a comp when twitter says fantasy and all this other stuff but i just hope they play and i hope that the games are entertaining and even if the crowd isn't there i hope that it's still a season in which we're we're cheering for the packers and, and winning some games right right and, i mean we're fresh off the marlins news today or yesterday by the time this post uh but Real quick before we send it out, and we're going to have plenty of coverage as news breaks, you know, on whether they're playing the season, how they're playing, bubbles or not, how travel looks, all that stuff. We'll we'll be here for you guys, our, our loyal listeners. But college football and NFL football, what do you guys say? Happening, not happening, delayed, pushback? What's the gut feeling? I'm surprised college football hasn't called it already. Um, and it's depending on how this whole Marlins thing goes and the MLB seeing that that's not even a contact sport and they're already having some issues the first week into it. It's not looking good, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll, I'll have hopes. I'll have high hopes that the season still happens for NFL. Yeah. 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 yeah I think NFL will be good. 
Um, college is interesting. I, I think they took the first big step of just saying, hey, those four or so non-conference games immediately wipe them, which I know, Dan, that that crushes you considering the game that was supposed to take mm-hmm. place. But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think that if college football wasn't such a athletic department moneymaker, this would be a lot easier decision. But assuming that spring sports are fine again, the revenue is is a huge factor, and I think that they'll end up playing. Now, is it a maybe a, a seven eight game season? Yeah, but I, I think they find a way to play it. Um, yeah, but. I agree. I, I think that looks like spring at this point. I don't know how you have amateur students on a campus with you know twenty thousand other students play football right now, and let let's hope by spring they're ready to roll. But NFL is a different beast. They're they're professionals. They're paid. Um, let's let's hope the season happens at least at the pro level. But yeah, Notre Dame versus Wisconsin at Lambeau was a once in a lifetime <sighs> game for me, and that looks like it may never happen because I don't think they're even going to try to reschedule that one. It's just going to be Soldier Field next year. So shame for me. But uh, as Packer fans, hopefully we'll be at Lambeau at some point this year for an outrageously priced ticket. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Dan. Hope you find your college football game. <laughs> so that will do it for this episode. We hope moving forward it's a lot more cheerful. Hopefully we get some awesome news. Please, Griffin, sign with the Packers. Please. Mm-hmm. Please do it. But until then, thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.